You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Well, hi there. This is Rick. This is Amy. And we're sitting here, um, just had lunch with our friends, Kurt and Debbie Klinger. Hi, guys. Hey, Rick. Hey, everybody. How are you? We're doing good, and it's been a good afternoon. Uh, they showed up and surprised us at church this morning, so that was cool. So I got to spend some time and have lunch with them and all that jazz, and we're having a great time. But the reason that we're recording this is because... My friend Kurt here, Curtis Klinger, who you've we've had on the podcast before, you guys have both been on, but um, you... Oh, that was years and years and years ago. It was a while ago now, because <laughs> we've been going for a while now. We just celebrated our 300th podcast not too long ago, and... Oh, uh, your 300th year. Yeah. <laughs> we just celebrated our... <laughs> but no, no, we've been going for a while, but... Um, I'm pretty excited because you just put out a brand new novel called Acid. The world has changed, but man has not. And uh, how, when did you release it now? It was released on February 27th this year, 2015. Okay, I was just going to say because you have that kind of memory that remembers all these type of things. But kind of a different title for it. Now, we, I know you've, you have a trilogy that you wrote. Uh, uh, Dean Ransom trilogy, but now you have this brand new one called Acid, and when people first hear it, they're like, they think of the drug Acid, or or Acid that corrodes everything. What what is the title all about? What? Well, it's uh, the the book is set 50 years in the future, an apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic book. The uh, problem is, is the world has changed in the sense that the atmosphere was destroyed by terrorists. And it has become a 5,000-foot cloud, acidic, sulfuric acid-type cloud, much like what's on um, Venus. And uh, no one can live below this red, acidic cloud. So all life is above the cloud. And people have quit calling it Earth. They now call the, the planet they live on acid. Ah, okay. So this is more of a... This is set in a uh, kind of a post-apocalyptic thriller type of situation. Yes, it's just 50 years in the future where all life exists only on mountaintops or on people living in dangerous hydrogen-filled airships. Oh, oh, gosh, it gets swashbuckling all of a sudden. I don't know. Something says pirates to me. Oh, yeah, there are pirates in this one. They're, they're pirates of sex slavery, too. Oh That's God. what they're, they're... They trade in flesh. Ew. Ew. It was right, and that's why they're the bad guys. Uh, got it. That, make, that makes sense. All right, so um, in writing this particular novel, um, I, now I know you are a believer, and um, you've set the, the tone of the book in uh, the Pacific Northwest. I mean, that's where it's taking place, right? Yes. The, um, um, one of the mountains that is uh, a focal point is Mount Baker, which is way up in northern Washington state. Right. Another mountain is Mount Olympus, which is on the Olympic Peninsula. Another mountain is Mount Rainier, which is a prominent mountain in the United States. And not, we can see it from actually when we're driving through Aberdeen over the bridge, you can see it. Oh, we can see it from where we live, way over by the ocean, too. Which means that if it ever blows up, we're in trouble. 
Well, no, if it overblows up, we're out of trouble. <laughs> well, that, well, that's true. I never really thought about that. It is a volcano, but it hasn't been active in over 200 years. Wow. Yes, it's not, ex it's not an extinct volcano. It's a dormant volcano. Ugh, I don't like that feeling. Debbie, you have read Kurt's book many times, obviously, for editing purposes and just for pleasure as well. Um, what do you think of... Is this different for Kurt to write, or what, what do you think of the book? Well, I think it is different um, because it's post-apocalyptic. But it has a lot of what he does. His characters have, have a lot of who he is, too, in it. That was my next question. When, when Kurt writes, um, you know him better than anybody else, I would imagine, since you're his wife. Uh, when he writes, what similarities do you see in the different characters come out? Well, uh, the main character usually is what they call a jack-of-all-trades, that they do everything, and, you know, they take scrap of this or a scrap of that, and they can build an airship. MacGyver it, huh? <laughs> yeah, MacGyver it. And I bet you have, uh, now, that proves out in true life for Kurt. Um, mm. Do you like to be called Curtis or Kurt when we're doing it, like yeah. something like this? All right, he'll take whatever. <laughs> but that proves out true. He's been pretty handy at home, huh? Absolutely. Anything that breaks down or uh, falls apart, uh, he takes care of. We don't uh, call anybody in to take care of it. If the refrigerator goes out, he opens it up and fixes it. Or the car, he's put in an, a new engine in the car or anything. It's just amazing. Or he can bake you a loaf of bread, and it's really good. Yeah, I do. Ooh. Really good pies. Yeah, was... Really good pies. Mm -hmm. I have had your pie before, Kurt. It's good. Well, thank you. I enjoy baking because it's part of creating. It is how kind of like we a mad chemist in the kitchen. Yes, and even sometimes things blow up. That's cool. <laughs> I had a potato blow up the other day. They, uh, I can't remember which one. Was it you or Catherine told me? <coughs> um, make sure you poke the potatoes because it blew up in the oven. Uh-huh. That'll happen. I cut the ends off. I would have thought that would be fine, but nope. Yeah, they seal up enough moisture and it builds up in there. Just don't put, a, don't put a whole egg in the microwave unless you've skinned it, too. Oh, that might sound fun. Let's oh, try it. Fun. It is fun. we got to do it one of these times just to see what it does. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, so um, when you were writing this particular, when you were writing this particular uh, novel, was there, was there a goal in mind for you on this one? I mean, I know when you write, there's always, you kind of just go and see where it heads, but... In this particular one, did you already know what was going to happen at the end of this, or did you, did you start off and just kind of go on a trail and take it wherever it led? This one just erupted out of me. I didn't have any idea. The story just, I had a dream about it one night, and it just started coming out, and I just started writing it, and I had no idea where it was going or who was going to be in it until the cast of characters was assembled. And then when things started happening and changing, I got so excited about writing it, I wanted to know what was going to happen the next day. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I remember uh, you and I tried to get together on Mondays and have lunch together and just talk and share our lives together. And, and uh, I remember when you brought the idea up to me and you said, you know, I've got this, had this dream. And I said, yeah, what was it about? And you kind of said this, and you didn't give it all to me, you know. And then you said, but uh, I, think it's, I think that's my next novel I'm going to do. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And all of a sudden, it was like you were a, mad, a madman possessed with getting this, this story out. And uh, did, did you lose him for a while, Debbie? 
Yeah, but what's really exciting is he'll come, he'd come down from his office and say, boy, I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> so. so so, is this different in a sense then than the other novels that you've done? I mean, because did you kind of know where the other ones were going to go or was this, was this the same process? No, my process in writing has always been the same. Even with the Dean Ransom trilogy, every time I'd sit down to write, I really wouldn't know what was going to happen next until I wrote it, and then I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next. <laughs> now, I remember you saying something to me. Uh, I, we did an interview on the radio, and I said, well, why do you, why do you write these novels? What's, what, what makes you want to write? And your answer was priceless. Well, I love to write because I love to read, and I love to read what I, and so I write what I like to read. Yeah. That was the interesting thing. I would imagine some people can just write because they make money doing it or this or that, and they just have to put out whatever. But in this particular case, you are actually writing something, you're writing content that you actually want to read. Yes, I enjoy these type of stories because they take me on an adventure. And they do. Would you consider it, um, I mean, if somebody was, had never, maybe they'd never heard of you before, or they heard you talk before on the podcast or on the radio or whatever, um, what would you say your style of writing is? I, good question. Um, it, it's different. I would say right now it's more of an action adventure with a bit of sci-fi in it and a twist of romance. Ah. Hubba hubba. There seems like some of the things that I've read that you've written, maybe not all of them, have a bit of steampunk in them because you're really creative. And so I know that Dean Ransom, it, he, there was like ancient technology that was, it was in modern times, but it had like this advanced technology, but from the past. And, and in your newest book, Acid, I imagine there's a little bit of that in there just from knowing you that there's going to be some creative machinery and ad adaptions because they're living in a different kind of climate or era era it's interesting you say that. You're not the first person to uh, accuse me of writing steampunk, even though I didn't know what steampunk was until somebody told me I wrote steampunk. But yes, acid has a touch of that in it too because, of course, they have to generate their own hydrogen because in this world they have to generate their own electricity. And to do generate their own electricity, they use biogas generators, which use <coughs> compost to create electricity, to create methane gas to generate Run, run engines to create electricity wow. and his airship of course uses hydrogen which they have to generate on the spot or in his case he has a new technology it's much like a um, and it's just an old it's actually very old technology again and it, it does have a flavor of some of the old airships that are in the very far future or well, just 50 years in the future right. but that's what they depend on for transportation because when you live from this mountaintop to that mountaintop and you can't go underneath and you can't go and there's no airfields so you can't use airplanes you have to depend on travel that uses lighter than air travel that's pretty cool okay so, i have a question how did you work out the agricultural problems of living at higher altitudes well, one of the things with acid in that world, the sulfuric acid cloud, mo the reason it's set in the northwest is because the temperature down below the acidic cloud is in the hundreds of degrees. 
So way up in the Pacific Northwest, up around here, the temperature would only be about 100 degrees. Or, so you can, their, their, their agriculture occurs around the rims of the what I call red line in the story. It's where the red acid cloud rises up to the, to the mountain itself. That's, that's their area where the temperature is such. A green belt. Well, and also, I based it on uh, two scriptures, one out, one out of Joel and one out of Revelation. That in, and the one in Revelation says that in that time when the sun is turned to um, goat, black as goat hair or something like that. I, don't, I can't quote it off the top of my head right now. But it also commented about that the angels will hold back the winds on the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the novel Acid, there is no climate anymore because there is no wind and since there is no wind, there's no climate. So their agriculture is very, very, very limited. But what they do have, they scavenge from below red line with protective suits and protective gear and protective... These are all things that are in the background that you don't know about in this story that I know how they did it. But they scavenge stuff from below red line that is well-preserved yet in cans, canned goods and things like that that the traders trade with. And that's why salt is one of the high commodity items, because there is no ocean anymore. The ocean has been all turned to acid, so the only salt they have is what has been preserved from the previous Earth. Okay, so on one, in one of the chapters, one of my, my most fond chapters, you know which one it is. You knew which one I would like the most. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm not going to spoil it for everybody, but let's just put it this way. There is a, there's a time when uh, the main character with another fairly main character, um, heads below the acid line to do some scavenging. Um, and they encounter something that one guy has never seen before because he's not old enough to know about it. Can you tell a little bit about that chapter? Well, I wish I had the book here to read a section. But, uh, you know, it's, well, yeah, he comes to the discovery of, and he's looking at this corroded sign on this huge building with corroded cars in the parking lot. And he's never been below red line in a major city like this. And they come up to this major building, and he's looking at the corroded sign, and he asks his friend, his new new friend, his name is Gurney. Noah is the main character. Noah asks Gurney, says, well, what is Walmart? He's never been to one. (laughs) And what's funny, uh, in that particular chapter, I I I was laughing out loud because you were describing the layout of a Walmart. Um, in it, I I can't say much more because then it ruins it. But but uh, I was laughing because you're right. That's just about every Walmart I've ever been into has the same layout. And I mean, you were talking, yeah. Let's just say people should read the book to find out more about it. But it's funny. Tell us a little bit about the main characters in the book. Now you've got uh, Noah is our main guy, but there's several other uh, pretty prominent characters. Tell us a little bit about Noah and what's his background. Well, Noah was uh, orphaned when he was nine years old. His father was murdered by a pirate, a pirate named M. Allerkey, Captain Allerkey. Um, you might, if you tie his middle, his, first, his name with his first name with his last name together, you get malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> a little play on words there, but most people won't figure that one out either. But So I gave you that one. <laughs> so now Noah in this story is 24 years old. He had built his own airship scavenging parts. His father and his grandfather had left him a cache of things like weapons, ammo, supplies that could help him survive 
because after his father was murdered, his mother wandered down below Red Line. They were living in a city called New Denver, which was built on Long's Peak in Colorado. And so he was orphaned. So he learned how to live on his own. And so he's always been very, 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 very independent. Um, he's been chasing this Captain Allerkey, this pirate, who had stolen his father's airship. His father's airship is a very unique airship. It's called the i um, Look the word up in the dictionary. <laughs> That's all he's going to say about that. Okay. All right, so is, is, he, um, is he looking for revenge, or does he just want the ship back? Both. He wants revenge. He wants to avenge his father's death. And he wants his father's airship back because his father's airship is very unique in its aerodynamic design. Most airships are, look like just blunt cigars. His father's airship is designed after the Graf Zeppelin built around World War I. So it's a very unique shape airship, and it has gas cells in it that are made of expandable latex instead of hard rubber so it can go up higher altitudes. Oh, and, that, and that's a big deal because somebody who go, has a, can get to a higher altitude has an advantage over somebody who can't. Yes, most of the airships can, can only travel up to a certain altitude and then they'll be damaged, explode, or burst, or just not be able to make it. So his airship, his father's airship, was very unique that way. Okay, so who would you say was, is our second main character? The second main character is... Well, there's the, the, next, the rest of them are kind of a, a, a lot alike... The next one, though, is a girl named Bree. She was a daughter of the king of Rainier. All right. <laughs> Even though I won't tell you too much about her, but she gets rescued by him, and uh, she changes his heart. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Well, well, we'll leave it at that, then. <laughs> and one of the first characters he meets when, as an independent guy is this other guy named Gurney. Um, Gurney is also about his same age, just a couple years younger, and he's the type of guy that Noah just can't get rid of, and, and they become very close friends. Oh, very cool. All right. Okay, so how would somebody go about getting your book? How can they, how can they get it if they want to read it? Well, you can order it at any bookstore. If the bookstore isn't carrying it, bookstores can get it if you want a hard copy. You can order it online on Amazon. And it's available as an ebook for uh, e-readers like Kindle ebooks, and it's available for um, as a hard copy as well. Okay, and and they just look up Curtis Klinger, that's C U R T I S K L I N G E R, and they're going to find a list of your books then pretty easily. Yeah, if they go to Amazon, they'll find that. If they go to my webpage, which is curtisklinger.org, okay, they can go to my writing samples and click on a link that says Amazon. And it'll bring them right to my author page on Amazon. Excellent. Well, good. You know what? We're going to do, too, a little contest. Ready for this? All right. This is what I'll do. I'm going to, um, I'm going to give away a Kindle copy of your book. And this is how we're going to do it. The first person to email us at rick at takehimwithyou.com and say, I want Curtis's book then uh, if you're the first person to email us with that, then we'll send you the, um, the uh, Kindle version of it. But, ready for this, this we have to do some type of a contest. Tells me, rick, at takehimwithyou.com with a list of the books that you have for sale on Amazon. I will, uh, the very first person that does that, then I will, if you have a complete list of the books that Curtis has available, 
audio and and physical copy. Well, you're right. Anyway, give me the titles of them. If you get them all right, then I will send you an autographed copy of the book Acid. Yeah? Sounds like a great plan. With all of your writing, you tend to put into, uh, as Debbie was saying, you tend to put yourself into a lot of the characters. And um, I've known you for many, many years, over 30 years. And I've come to enjoy your personality and the things that you talk about. And I know that you... Um, you have a spiritual life. You, you're you a believer in Christ. How would you say that affects your books and your writing? Well, even though it's science fiction, action-adventure, um, yeah, I, I try to um, keep the uh, language tame, even though sometimes I have to, for a character, sure. use a harsh language. Right. Um, I, I keep the action, trying to keep the action from not being too... Um, I can't think of the word I'm going to say, but one of the passions that comes out in it, which is in the Dean Ransom series and in this one, is the uh, my my passion against sex slavery and child pornography. In the Dean Ransom series, it was Artie Chin. His his ministry in Shanghai was rescuing women from sex slavery, and for Acid. It's the the sex pirates are who Noah fights, and Noah his last name is Paladin. Now, if you look up that word, that's warrior. That's interesting. I have a friend that has a blog called uh, Paladin. Now I know what it means. Yep, <laughs> that's very very interesting. Um, all right. Well, um, why would you want somebody to read your book? If they like an action adventure that doesn't have any pornography in it. That is just a fun adventure that'll take them away and leave them with a question at the end of, I wonder what happens next. Because I like to leave my readers with that. If they like an adventure with some action in it, with a touch of romance that'll make your heart melt, eh, that might be why you'd want to read it. All right. Okay. It's called Acid. The world has changed, but man has not. And it's available where every fine book is sold. And you can get it on Kindle, too. And remember the contest that we're running now. If you want the Kindle version of it, all you have to do is be the first to email me, rick at takehimwithyou.com, and say, I want Curtis's book. And if you're the first one, no, no, that's the second one. That's the hard copy with a signature. Kurt will sign it himself if you email me and say, here's the list of the books that he's put out then I will send you in the mail, first person to email me, I'll send you in the mail, even internationally, if, if, you, if you're listening to this in a different country, even though it's going to cost me a fortune to get it over to you. Um, yeah, you'll get the book signed by Curtis. In fact, he'll even sign it to you. So that'll be not like you, but actually your, your name. So send that in and you could win. Amy, anything you want to ask before we go? No, it's just Kurt... Please finish the audiobook really quickly so I can listen to it. You're funny. It's My wife. It's in the works, Amy. I, it's I, in the works. I forgot to ask about that. Hey, uh, maybe I can snab a little. Maybe when you get home, you could send me, email me a little blurb, and I could put part of your audio, part of the stuff you do have done, maybe a little sample of it on this podcast. Well, that would be cool. And also, when I do finish it, 
I would be happy to also add a giveaway of an audiobook to your listeners as oh well. Oh my gosh, that's going to rock. Okay, well, well, we'll have you back on when you, when you release that. But don't forget today when you get home, email me just a little snippet. I let you know which snippet I want. I don't no idea. Well, you can do a different one if you want. Now that you already kind of said it, but you can pick whatever you want. You give me as much as you want. I'll put it on the podcast. It'll be fun. Debbie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Rick and Amy. Chapter 4 A Dead Red Planet Appearing like two B-movie space astronauts exploring a strange planet, Noah and Gurney stride along the empty strip of asphalt. Arriving at an on-ramp, they exit the highway and walk along a vacant avenue toward a cluster of derelict buildings. Between the buildings lays a vast expanse of asphalt littered with countless corroded remains of automobiles. Noah walks alongside Gurney, keeping the communications cable between them taut. Motioning toward an immense building at the far edge of the parking lot, Gurney says, There's our destination. I warn you, you're about to get really freaked out by what you're going to see. Gazing at the sign on the face of the building, Noah observes, That sign was made of plastic or glass, but the metal frame obviously has corroded away. Reading the sign, he asks, What is Walmart? You guys are awesome. Thanks, Kurt. Hey, you guys are awesome. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, anyway, all right. Awesome. Uh, this was a fun interview, and uh, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, you know how to get a hold of us if you want to. Uh, you just have to write to us, rick at takingwithyou.com or... Amy at takingwithyou.com. That's correct. Or you can visit our website at... takingwithyou.com. That's pretty easy. And then, uh, of course, uh, if you want to donate to the cast, you can too. Um, my PayPal address is rick at takingwithyou.com. That's pretty easy. Or there's a little button on our webpage. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer, facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. You can listen to me on the radio at kix953.com. I'm on every day. Hey, and at Facebook, you can do Facebook Acid, and you can get more information about the book. That's right. You don't get drugs. You get book. Sounds like a good plan. It does. That's, I forgot about that. All right. Um, why don't you do the spiel? Hey, this has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2015, all rights reserved. See you later, everybody. 